0: Good morning. I'm glad you could be with me today in the midst of our Unfolding the Word studies. We're in the midst of a break in a book study, and we're spending a number of days in preparation for Easter, thinking about the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Scripture reveals these truths to us. I've been looking particularly within the Gospel of Luke. Yesterday, we began our study by looking at how the final week began, with the entry into Jerusalem on what's often called Palm Sunday. I'm going to pick up our reading today in verse 39 of Luke chapter 19. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it because you did not know the time of your visitation. And then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. And the chief priests and scribes and principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they couldn't find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. As I say, we began to look at this entrance into Jerusalem on the final week of Christ's ministry. Today, I want to highlight the fact that in that entrance into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday so long ago, the people responded very differently, and Christ responded very differently from the people to this single event, this Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem. Clearly, and we began to look at this yesterday, the crowds were very enthusiastic. <laughs> they were throwing palm branches on the ground, the coats they were throwing down, so that as Christ riding upon the colt would enter the city, in a way honoring him, the actions were ones in which you demonstrate your loyalty to a monarch who is coming before you. But as we also looked at yesterday, Jesus knew that these voices that were proclaiming him king, that were excited about him entering Jerusalem would be ones who soon would turn to crying, crucify him, crucify him. In this entrance into Jerusalem, however, on Palm Sunday, they were taking the prophetic promise of Psalm one eighteen twenty seven, applied to the Messiah and applying it to this entrance into Jerusalem. A misunderstanding of prophecies related to the first coming of the suffering servant messiah and prophecies related to the second coming of the triumphant king messiah. At any rate, whether misguided or not, the Jewish people generally, the crowds at least, were very enthusiastic about the event that was going on. In stark contrast, the Pharisees were enraged. The Pharisees and religious leaders were enraged by what was going on. They rebuked Jesus. Can you imagine it? They rebuked Jesus for what people were saying, or more specifically, they rebuked Jesus for not rebuking the people and saying, hey, you're saying all the wrong things. And this wasn't because they understood the differences between the first and second com- promised coming of the Messiah, or had any real interest in that, only that they would already rejected who Jesus said he was, the very Son of God, and now they wanted Jesus to rebuke the people for affirming his Messiahship. Essentially they were saying to Jesus, I want, we want you to publicly rebuke the crowd, and by so doing reject the title they're giving to you of the Son of Man. the the prophesied Messiah. But Jesus wouldn't rebuke the crowd. He wouldn't back down. And so the battle lines are drawn. He was the Messiah. This was his first coming, not the second coming, but nonetheless, he was the Messiah. And on entrance into Jerusalem, the very stones would have cried out that message had the people not done it. So... Now, Jesus wasn't about to back down, even though the Pharisees were enraged at the very thing the crowds were enthusiastic about. But you see, there's another response here that I want you to recognize in these verses, and that is the response of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was grieved. It tells us in verse 41 that he wept over the city at this point. Loud praises, enraged rebukes, and weeping over the city, what a study in contrast. Jesus was broken-hearted and wept. You know, it's interesting to me. The word translate, the Greek word translated wept here, the means to to have a body-raking kind of sobbing, a crying where you're just you you ever seen that? And Of course, I know all of us have, sadly, at times, seen somebody so overwhelmed, their body is just wrecked with the sobbing. That's the word being used here. Wasn't it that Jesus looked at Jerusalem and shed a tear? He broke into loud, oh, chest-wrenching sobs over the city. You seen that picture of Jesus? I don't think so. But that's what the passage tells us. And why was he weeping over the city this way? Why was he heartbroken? Why was his whole body shaking and racked with the sobbing? And the answer, of course, is because these people in this city were rejecting the salvation he was offering them. They were rejecting, as it put it in these verses, what would really bring them peace. They were rejecting Because they didn't understand this was the time of their visitation, that God was speaking to their hearts and demonstrating his solution. I wonder today have you rejected what will really bring you peace? Have you ignored the day of your visitation as God and his mercy and love through his Holy Spirit has taken the wonder of the gospel message and made it plain to your heart? Is Jesus weeping? Over you, well, as he enters the city and begins this final week of ministry, number of days at least leading to the crucifixion, arrest, and crucifixion, he enters the city and strangely warns of its destruction, not its liberation. The crowd, in rejoicing and enthusiasm over Jesus entering the city were expecting. He was going to act and immediately bring victory to the Jews, destroy the hated Romans. And instead, he comes in the city, he heads to the temple, and he predicts the coming destruction of the city. Not the destruction of Rome, the destruction of the city. And as he heads to the temple, he enters the temple, and in a way, Reflective of what he did back in John chapter 2 at the beginning of his public ministry, he enters into the temple and essentially disrupts its worship. He cleansed the temple. He confronted the temple, not Caesar. He confronts the priests and the Pharisees, not the hated Roman overlords. Why? because he understood what the real enemy of the people was. The real enemy of the people wasn't Rome, although they were hated and not always fair. The real enemy of the people was false teaching. Religious leaders who would not direct them to the truth of the gospel and lead them in bowing the knee before Christ. And the same is true today, by the way. That's the real enemy. False teaching in religious forms about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Okay, well, what was the outcome? The religious leaders settle in their opposition. (laughs) Their determination now was to kill Jesus as soon as possible. It's just that they had a bit of a problem. Uh, How do we do this without getting the crowd in a riot, that very crowd that's acknowledging him, and they were sitting in perplexity about it? How do we get rid of him? without creating a riot. There was going to be a solution emerging shortly, a solution by the fact that one of Jesus' own disciples would betray Jesus to them at a time when the crowds wouldn't be around to see it. We'll talk more about that, of course, as time goes on. All right, well, what's the point of this? Why do I start with the entrance at Palm Sunday? Well, I mentioned at the beginning of our studies Yesterday, that I didn't really see Palm Sunday as a proper day for celebration in the church, although in a way we celebrate the fact that Jesus loved us enough to go to the cross for us. But you see, the celebration day for the church is Easter, not Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday was the culmination of the rejection of Christ and the refusal of what he offered. Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of Christ and the confirmation from God that what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient to pay for sin and made salvation available for those who repent and believe. (laughs) If we're going to celebrate, let's celebrate on Easter Sunday. And let's explain in proper teaching to the people of the church and to the children of the church why Palm Sunday was such a sad day, not a celebratory day. Well, join me tomorrow as we continue on in our set of studies trying to understand the death and resurrection of Christ, looking at the final Passover and the first communion. God bless.